When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. I would get a pen and change your notes. Yeah. I'm just going to sit out here and play Skid Row. Sun's out, Mike's out. Season two, episode two. Yes. Uh, we're now we're at um, we're at Gene Vogel's home. Now a lot of people probably have seen pictures of you, and figure you're just kind of like some hermit who crawls out of a hole. But you have like an expansive ranch here. Uh, uh, it, it is very impressive the amount of land I'm looking out at over here. Right. You're easy to impress then. Yeah. Well, you see my backyard. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I saw just a minute ago when you had your pants on. Oh, there's that too. Yeah, right on. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for uh, for having me. Um, yeah, thanks for making the trip. It's it's been fun so far. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you. Where is the uh, where is the lovely Mrs. Vogel today? She is currently driving herself back from Alabama. That's the United oh. States. The for, southern so, saw her daughter, right? Son. Son. Yep. Daughter's in Burnsville, not too far from where we are currently seated, but the son is down in Alabama with grandchildren. Now, how far of a, a walk would it be from Burnsville to here as a crow flies? <laughs> too far. Yeah, okay. Too far of a walk. I'll uh, ride my bike there, man. Especially on this day. Yeah, let's, uh, we're, uh, we're on your patio. It is, uh, it's steamier than episode one. Definitely, yes. Yeah, episode Air's one was... thicker. Yes. Yeah, we actually have kind of that Alabama swamp 
kind of feeling, you know, maybe more Mississippi. But yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's humid. It's in the 90s or just high 80s at least. I was gonna say I think we're bordering on the 90s. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, just a crisp 76, I believe, uh, on episode one with uh, when we had Andy over. But uh, well, we don't. I don't think we have a scare of rain, do we here today? Oh, they said uh, something somewhere. But, you know, uh, fun fact, did you know when they say there's a 30% chance of rain, what that actually means is there's a 100% chance of rain, but the area they're talking about, 30% of it will see it. Really? Fun fact. So a lot of time when you read it, because it, it's, it's, by the way, it's horribly presented. Another just reason I hate weathermen, but like, it basically sounds a 30% chance of rain means you're, there's a, uh, a th- three in 10 chance that everybody's going to get wet. But what it means is that there is going to be fucking rain, in our prediction anyway. They're not always right. But 30% of the total mass that we're covering is going to get wet. Jeepers. That'd be a good job to have, because you don't have to be accurate or right. Yeah, and they're only, they're only smug when they're right. And then they, uh, they, they're just excuse after excuse after excuse when they get it wrong. Speaking of smug, uh, who would be the most famous weatherman you can think of? Stop your head. <laughs> well, Sam Champion. I have no idea who that is. I'm, uh, Sam, I'm grateful for that. I like Sam. He's like one of the. He's the exception of of. Uh, See, I thought you were going to pull Errol Roker. Oh well, yeah. There's another famous one. I don't think he really counts as anything because he's just kind of like a, a cartoon character. But uh, locally, is Dave Dahl is my nemesis. Um, happy That's to see his, his. I didn't mean to bring up those old wounds. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Weather is. I look. It clearly is a ratings generator. But I don't get it. It's just like you could literally do this with a graphic, especially nowadays, along the bottom of the newscast the entire time. Instead, it's close to one-third of the actual broadcast is weather. And when I say weather, it isn't one-third of what you want to fucking know, which is what's it going to be like tomorrow. It is mostly. So earlier today, this happened, and this is why. And we have this thing up here in Canada and down here in Iowa, and they come up here. We got heat fronts, low fronts, high humidity, dew points, Calcutta clippers, and it's like Alberta all, clippers. Yeah, and all this stuff that's like to describe why we had uh, a day like today. Who fucking cares? There's somebody in their basement without clothes on touching themselves when Dave Dahl is spewing out all of that information. Do not fool yourself, Baco. Uh, I think it's Dave Dahl. <laughs> I think Dave Dahl fucking watches, masturbates to his own fucking... You may be right, but that's that, that's one. That motherfucker. That motherfucker. <laughs> wow. When, when he retired, he, like, so he, uh, for people who don't know who Dave Dahl is, which is almost everybody listening, I hope, uh, he was a local Other weatherman on the ABC affiliate, the local ABC affiliate, for 40 years. When he retired, they made a big deal out of it. They had like two weeks of like little like segments of, of and that that son of a bitch literally thinks he saved lives by reporting the weather. It's like you, first of all, all the work is done by computers and people that aren't on the camera. Your biggest contribution is to learn how to stand in front of a green screen and point the di- right direction. It, it, to me, it, it's just baffling. It's baffling how much like because I grew up with white women and white men who like you know I really I always like the weather from like whoever whoever fucking their goddamn Dave doll I, I want the weather to be accurate and you know what I don't care when they get it wrong I get it there, there's reasons why but that's why we shouldn't make it so fucking important I don't care who tells it to me it doesn't matter to me anyway 
I would prefer a more busty weather person. <laughs> yeah, you know that would enhance it. I think it, it, it would. It makes certain totally enhancements in. would would enhance it. Uh, you exactly. know, they had a God. Who is the big titted girl who left? Uh, not too long ago, uh, Jackie Kane. Do you know who that is? It doesn't sound like you watch a lot of... My wife I is addicted not. to Channel 5 News, so wow. I am very familiar with the local newscast. Have you reached out to anybody for help? Uh, for her or for me? For, for, for her. <laughs> um, I mean, you can go to couples eventually, but still, let's get her some help first. This is um, this is a, a fight I've agreed to not pursue. Oh, I Let's understand. put it that way. Yes, this is uh, this, but but because of it, I am way more versed in local news and Good Morning America, yeah. and even a little bit with that stupid Regis and Kelly show, or whoever's <laughs> hosting know. that now, you know. <laughs> um, but the only only when I have a day off and she's home. So, but anyway, luckily you have multiple levels, so you can always go into your basement or upstairs. Well, we got uh, the weather portion of the the, the program. It's taken uh, care of. We've, uh, we've gone far <laughs> above and beyond any other suns out mics out than we ever had in the past. I, I think so. This is definitely the most. This I, is the bar. Something we tells me I, I've had a rant about weathermen on, on on our show at some point. I don't remember if it was suns out mics out or not. But um, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. You went to Please. an out, outdoor concert recently, and that's yes. uh, one of, of my weather. one of my favorite summer activities is to catch some rock and roll. And you know what? You know, I, I don't think we talked about it on the last episode of uh, Cobras and Fire. I recorded that um, just coming out of COVID. We actually delayed the recording of this one week because I, I caught COVID somewhere over the Fourth of July. Um, but I, you were kind enough to invite me along. Your wife was apparently deciding to bail on the. We're talking about the Black Crows at an amphitheater not too far from here. Um, now, uh, COVID took me out of a lot of situations, and that was one. So I regret that, um, and, and, and I missed it. Tell me, how was the show? I it was very enjoyable. That's my first time seeing them, and I, I'm hoping that it's not my only time. I would prefer with you know it'd be nice if uh, Steve Gorman was in the band, but there's no way that's going to happen. But it's also, he's just a drummer. <laughs> but, I mean, he was there for all the albums, if I'm not he mistaken. He should be there, but be I, nice, I get but, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they'd work together. Even if they brought him in, I don't know if it would last a full tour because I have a feeling that they would go at each other. Sounds like the, the Robinson brothers have amended things with between themselves, and they're working with a great crew. Um, I had no complaints regarding the people that were up on the stage. They had some background singers. Which, you know, with some of the stuff they've recorded, they pretty much need to do at this point. And it was a great time. I ended up bringing my cousin, who uh, which I was surprised, and he won't hear this, uh, was my second choice. Hmm. You were my first. Ah, that, I'm, <laughs> you, you, know, you have no idea what an honor that is for me. As soon as Angel said, okay, you know what, i got to go see the grandkids. i got to go talk to Duncan. They are talking about moving back to Minnesota. Let's, I'm, you, you basically just got to find somebody else. And I'm... Uh, First thing I thought of was, well, Baco likes going to concerts. I'm going to see if Baco can make it. And they're playing that first record all the way through? Yes, Shake Your Money Maker oh, yeah. from beginning to end. So my, my Black Crows fandom is that record and the first two songs on Southern Harmony. Wow. After that, I literally like kind of tap out. And the only time I've seen them live... Uh, which was with Steve Gorman, uh, Street Dance in Minneapolis, if you were there. It not. Okay. Um, back when, before they built that whole Block E thing, they used to do summer concerts down there. Saw Sammy Hager down there. Um, nice. Uh, another great show. But uh, uh, 
they played almost nothing that I wanted to hear. And that's kind of like, they became a band that really wasn't for me, kind of more of a jammy, hippie thing, where their first couple records, the first record all the way through, and then the first couple songs on Southern Harmony are kind of that almost Southern rock, Stonesy kind of vibe. Yes. After that, they, they get a little bluesier, and that's just not my forte. So uh, this would have been the perfect show for me, is all I was getting at. Yeah, good point. Uh, and I'm, my fandom is fairly new, and actually, I owe it to Steve Gorman. I heard him interviewed on a podcast. He has his things. own podcast, if I don't know. Yeah, I think he does, or he has a radio show for sure. Steve Gorman Rocks, I think it's called. And yeah. I hear his book is one of the best rock biographies to read, so I got that's on my list. I. I, d- I got an audio which I th- I'm almost positive it's been a while but I'm almost positive he reads it he's a very intelligent he's got a great radio voice he's very intelligent I was surprised when I heard him interviewed and it may have been on Adam Carolla's show he's a drummer he's a drummer yes <laughs> and like... he could speak in full sentences I saw uh. pictures he's got all of his teeth <laughs> he's obviously got transportation I mean uh. I was shocked and that kind of got me more interested, hearing him talk about some of the stories, just hearing him as a human being talking and, and just, I don't know, just something clicked. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to check out his book. And then I got into that first album and I realized, you know what, I don't know why I just did not care for this band when they first came out. And I think it was they were MTV Darlings or something, or it was probably just a major push with the, between the radio and MTV or something along those lines. I don't know what it was, but I always kept them at an arm's distance. It's like, oh, I don't mind that song, but I never would seek them out. Yeah. If it came up, I'd, I wouldn't turn it. Kind well, of I thing. think, um, what was the first song, Twice as Hard? That did nothing for me. I actually saw that on fucking Headbangers Ball. That seems ridiculous now. <laughs> yes, it does. They were um, just trying to not play And even Hard to Handle didn't click with me. I got the record probably at least a year after it came out. Um, bought it, bought a, found a copy of it used on CD, but my roommate had had bought it by that point, Wilson. And so he played it enough that I realized that, uh, and I've grown to love Twice as Hard, and I can deal with Hard to Handle. I think it's kind of, it is what it is. But uh, Yeah, it's a pretty good cover. It's not too shabby. No, yeah, I probably prefer it over the original. Of, I'm not even sure what, what the original would be. Isn't that one of those blues songs that's like been played by fucking yeah, everybody with the name Howlin' in their name? Yes. Um, yeah, I think you have to have Howlin' in your name unless... <laughs> You're a band like with the Black Rose. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that that record, uh, it's still a uh, a fucking burner for me. It's good. Yeah. So that was enjoyable. Plus, you know, they, they one thing about that too is as they pat out the night after they play it, is they're playing the song. A lot of songs you recognize that got radio play or something. Some of them not so much because you know, for me, my fandom is is really fresh as far as uh, when I got into the Black Crows and it's because. I, yeah, I'm going to have to say it's because of Steve Gorman. Well, and then the music itself, of course, ha- has to sell itself. But I got I, I kind of been going through the timeline. I went through that first album and just listened to it with fresh ears, enjoyed it. Then I bought the second album and kind of been working my th- way through it. I still haven't gotten through all of them. I kind of took a break and haven't really kept up with everything. But when I saw they were coming and it was right down not too far from where I live, I thought, well, this is a no-brainer, and it's outdoors. An amphitheater I've never got to actually see a show at yet. So I thought, perfect opportunity. I can check out the amphitheater, and I can see the Black Crows. Now, are they selling, uh, like, uh, alcohol now? They When it first opened, they weren't. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Yes, they've had alcohol for a long time now there. Oh, the whole casino? Yes, the okay. casino. Okay, all right, fair yep, enough. Yep, you can go there, you can get a nice IPA, or you can get something like what you drink. And yeah, I can get something good or you can get an IPA. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
<laughs> but no, the, the, and it's not like they have a lot of options. But yeah, for years, I mean, I've I've been going to uh, Ribfest down there. Then uh, that's one thing I that's would, coming up would promote. Yes, they're they're bringing Ribfest back. Disappointed Firehouse isn't playing. Otherwise, uh, it would be a lock that we'd be there because. Uh... Well, Pat Benatar, man. <sighs> really? Wow. Rock and roll. I'm sure I'd have a like, look. It's on my list. I'm interested. Uh, you know, it's a good event. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's free. Yeah. First of all, it's free. And then if you want to overpay for some ribs, you can get some ribs while you're there. Mm-hmm. If you want to overpay for some beers, they've got the stuff you like. And then they'll have usually one or two <laughs> of of the other things. Asshole beers. If that's what you want to call them, yeah, they had. What do you mean? Yes, that's what I want to call them. That's exactly what I call them all the time. Uh, Macro loggers, baby, macro loggers. Summit Saga is what I had at the Black Crow show. I had three of them all. Saga. Yeah, Summit Saga, very good Mm. IPA, very very delicious. So yeah, you can get your booze there. Um, They had merchandise. I ended up not buying anything. I was I was tempted to pick up their 1972 album, but it's only six songs, and they want 25 bucks for it. Is it only available at the shows? It sold out like immediately. They put it on oh, a vinyl. Quantity. We're talking vinyl. vinyl. Okay. All right. Well, and it's not streaming either because I wanted to check it out. But then before I went to the show, I thought, well, if they do have it on vinyl, I want to check out the playlist, see what's on it. Or not the playlist, but the track listing. And I saw the track listing. And it's like, boy, I really want to hear it, but I don't know if I want to drop $25 to hear it and then go, well, no, this is going to sit on the shelf or I'm going to turn around and flip it and see if I can get my money back. Nice. And I know I probably could actually flip it for more money than what I would have bought it at. But have you done any of that on vinyl? Buy it to flip it? Yeah. No. I mean, have you flip? Like, I keep looking at my Discog stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I could make a good tidy profit on this. <laughs> and then I'm like, nah, I'm not selling. And, and like, it's it's super ridiculous when it comes to my Kiss records because we're talking records that I have six, seven copies of, uh, and these are things that I've bought over the years, not like. I went to Walmart and said, I'm buying every one of this special edition. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, but I, for different reasons, different records hit me. And, uh, well, I've talked about it on the show. I don't want, I don't want to bore people with that. But I've, I'm always tempted, but I'm like, nah, I'm just going to keep it. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. If it's the, the fear of missing it when it's gone, that that's like, you're like, well, I used to have that Canadian copy, but now I don't. And, and, and I, I should, kinda... I know better though. Like I, I literally, you know, the, I had my camera out earlier that I, I use that to shoot concerts and stuff. Right. Um, when I started shooting concerts, I said, I went to one show and I'm like, okay, I clearly need to get a better camera. Uh, but I just, I knew I was also not getting paid to do this. So I had a hard time justifying this giant expense oh, yeah. just for a hobby. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of some Kiss stuff. And I only got rid of Gene from records to memorabilia to T-shirts, things that I had more than one of. And it was really difficult. But I'm, I, I, I I did it. It I made the money. I got the camera. And it, there hasn't been a second that I got. I wish I hadn't sold that stuff. Like, so I already know... You what can is separate it? yourself from Yes. It. Like, it's going to be okay. I keep looking at that pinball in my house. I'm like... I could get $4,000 for that, you know, pr- probably almost within a week. I could probably just, and it, it, but then I'm like, yeah, but those, that $4,000 is eventually going to be gone and you're not going to have a fucking pinball. <laughs> do you play it then? I do once in a while. Yeah. You know, normally when people are over and they're interested, we fire it up and plug it in. I think the last time I actually had it on was when Bryn from Flip was over. But now that, that has actually benefited me with musical instruments. Um, I think part of the problem was like, you know, especially in college, 
you know, I, I was selling CDs to buy CDs because I didn't have money. And I would get dirt, you know, I would get a, a quarter of the cost oh of what God, I paid. Yeah. And and then at a certain point, I started getting money. And I'm like, now I'm just rebuying all this shit. And I look back at myself, I'm like, it would have just been smarter to just not get what you want right in that moment. Get it when you can afford it. And then you'd have both. Yeah. And then I applied that going forward. Like, you know, I mean, uh, our drummer, um, Duffy, be- before he passed, he sold his drum set twice while he was in the band. And both wow. times he ended up having to buy them back. And he's like, well, you know, we needed money for this. We need money for that. Now, he was dealing with some serious money issues and stuff. But in the back of my head, and I told him, I says, like, look, yeah, th- all, all those things are real. The problem is that, like, in a month, you're in the exact same boat, and, you, and now you don't have any drums. So, I don't know. That makes it hard to be a musician when you don't have an instrument. Yeah, well, fortunately, I had a drum kit in my basement that, uh, oh, you know, so that, so that, that allowed it. Yeah. Uh, so, he, that was his fallback a lot, but I was just like, you know, come on, man. See, I, yeah, I, I used to do that with prostitutes. One of his drum sets he sold uh, with my th- drum throne. <laughs> oh, wow. That was nice of him. Yeah. Or nice of you, whatever the case was. I think a couple symbols of mine got sold in one of his kits. And you're still friends? Well, he's no longer with oh, us. Right. You said uh, Duffy, right? Yeah. That's uh, correct, yes. Look, whatever. Uh, I wasn't happy about it, but it didn't... Yeah, no, it did not end our friendship. So, Well, that's good. He also loaned a very high-end set of cymbals to a drummer in another band and never got them back. Uh, he, so he's... like, All I'm getting at... He's not a malicious guy. He wasn't trying to fuck me over. He's just a, He was a, just a bit of a dipshit. So. <laughs> We've all, I think, got those friends in our yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. So. so it was hard to be mad at him is all I meant. Anyway. He was a good soul is what you're saying. Yeah. I understand. I can appreciate that. Those are the kind of people you don't want to cut out of your life. No, not at all. I mean, and like, you know, when it was important stuff, not like personal things, especially because, like, I don't have, like, this emotional attachment to, to my drum kit, like maybe a couple of my guitars. But, you know, the drums is like, whatever. You know, because honestly, if he <laughs> if he would have said, "Can I have this?" I probably would have given it to him. You know what I mean? Because what I'm talking about is like a couple cymbals and a, and a drum throw, maybe 150 dollars worth of stuff. So if uh, and the, you know, like I was loaning it to him to use them, but uh, whatever. Yeah, it's sometimes it's one of those things, especially depending on the friendship and the trust. Is it's a loaner? Keep it until you can replace it. Yeah. And I don't need it back. So if, you know, hopefully someday you'll get in a financial situation or our next album will sell like gangbusters and then you can re- you can compensate me at that point. But until then, it's pretty much yours and I don't need it back. I can I've got, I can work around it. Hmm. Especially when you're talking about being in the same band and, and drummers are, you know, well. Well, yeah, I mean, he was a good guy and a good drummer. Um, yeah. and, and he was a good fit for everything we did. Yeah, you're up the, the 100%. I probably never actually put it in that sense in my brain, but that had to be an effect. If this guy was one of the guys that I, like I've jammed with over the years that I just didn't gel with, and I probably wasn't that concerned with being in a band with him from Tuesday to Wednesday, I don't know that I would have loaned this stuff. Don't know that I would have forgiven him for you know some of the transgressions that I'm talking about. Again, you know, like we're just talking about things and, and not. It's not like he sold my house or stole my identity, you know. He sold his drum kit and happened to have my couple of my cymbals in my in my drum throne. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's always not optimal, but yeah, I understand relationships can be complex. There we go. Well, let's uh, let's lighten it up here a little bit. Um, 
Oh, I don't know. Did you listen to uh, Devin uh, or Devin LC uh, Fox's appearance on the Rock Strikes Strikes Ten I podcast? Did, yes. Now they got into kind of an interesting uh, topic, but it got me thinking a little bit, um, and it's about like missed concerts, like you know the opportunity to go it. So for me, this is how I looked at it. One, there had to be a realistic chance for me to go. There's a lot of concerts I would have loved to have gone to when. It would have taken my parents to drive me. I would have needed someone to pay for me to get in and all that kind of stuff. So basically the ability to make it to the show and the ability to pay for the tickets on my own. And when I thought about it, I could only think of one concert that I literally go, God, I wish I would have gone. Um, and that is uh, on Foo Fighters' first tour that had Eddie Vedder opening up the show. Uh, and Eddie Vedder uh, and then Dave Grohl. Wait, how did it work? Eddie Vedder and... God, I've told this story before. Eddie Vedder was doing a solo show. Oh, Dave Grohl wasn't even the headliner. Mike Watt was. That's what it was. And then Eddie Vedder and Dave Grohl played in Mike Watt's band as a guitar player and drummer. Oh, yes. Um, now I remember what you're talking and about. And I literally could have gone. My roommate was going that night, but it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. It was one of the very first shows of the Foo Fighters tour. Not not the first, but I, I don't know, one of the first 20 shows. Um, and uh, I, I just like... And it wasn't sold out. I could have bought my ticket at the fucking door at First Avenue in the main room there, and uh, and I did. I don't really have any other show that I think of that, like, I mean, I, I guess Lollapalooza, but I, I found out about the, 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 the best one was probably that, that first big one that had, like, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Red Hot Chili Peppers on it. Um, and that one was at Harriet Island in Minnesota. But I heard about that after the fact, believe it or not. You know, this is before the internet and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I have friends coming back like, yeah, it was fucking amazing. And I still was not quite all in on all that stuff. So it was very early in the grunge stuff. Uh, and then I bailed on the 93 one with the Smashing Pumpkins and Alice in Chains. No, no, I went to that one. Anyway, I'm going to kick it to you. What Were there any shows? Can you think of concerts that, like, God, I... I I bailed on like your wife just did with the Black Crows. You know, that's, I don't know if I've, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a friend or an acquaintance, somebody that basically said, you know, hey, we're going to the show. Do you want to come with? And I bailed out. Nothing sticks out other than it's a lot of bands, tons of bands that I've missed out on over the years that I should have seen live. And it sounds like maybe I missed the, or I, I dodged bullets. Like I'd never saw crew Sometimes. live. And that's probably a good thing I've never saw crew live because it probably would, would have maybe <laughs> steered me away from my crew fandom uh, through the years. But the one show, as far as a specific show that comes to mind immediately is Monsters of Rock. Was it 1986? 88. 88. You're talking the Van Halen Scorpions deal? Yes. Metallica, mm-hmm. Kingdom Come. Dokken. I thought you were there. I was not there. Okay. Nope. That was one I did miss. And that one I did there was talk about it and I don't know if it was just because I was closer with a different group of friends and the other group of friends that were going to go to the show and I thought I don't know if I want to hang out with these guys because I'm more clicking with this group of friends who are less assholic than this group of friends who are actually going to the show and I didn't I ended up not going and that was one that's always been a kind of a bummer in my life but there's a ton of bands man when but some of them were like my fandom was later like Rush, I would have. That's if, what I'm getting at. It's if like, I had seen Rush, maybe early, you know, like in the '90s or um, after they reunited, you know, after Neil's all of Neil's stuff that he went through, and then they came back, maybe I would have been a bigger Rush fan then. But I 
my fandom didn't hit till about a year, no, maybe two years before Neil died. And that's when I realized how much I really dug Rush. And I, I know I mentioned it on my podcast, and I probably mentioned it on yours too, that the podcast itself has really helped for me to, to connect to a lot of these bands. And that also has highlighted a lot of them that I missed. Yeah. And I had opportunities. Uh, it's just a matter of, but I don't know the six, the circumstances. What was, was it a day a week I couldn't get there because of work or something like that? Well, that's kind of how I looked at it. You know, it, it was like, it wasn't so much that a friend invited me. That just happened to be the scenario and the one that I look back on. He was like, hey, I'm going down to First Avenue to check Mike Watt and Foo Fighters out. I'm like, eh. You know, but it could have been anything like, you know, like uh, just I had the opportunity to go and I, I chose not to and then I regretted it. Now, part of that could be the fact that, like, because I didn't go, I don't know what I missed. Uh, but I don't re- I've, I've been to so many concerts. I typically was able, especially once I hit like 20 years old, if I wanted to go, I was able to go. You know, I mean, I saw the Guns N' Roses and Metallica tour, the big ones, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I saw the Rolling Stones. Uh, I, I've seen Pink Floyd. Um, I haven't seen Floyd. Um, I, so I, and that was very early on. That was before I hit 20 years old, I saw those two bands. And it, so I've been fortunate in, in one sense, but, you know, it, it was always in me, you know what I mean, to, to go do this kind of thing. And it's amazing. We've talked, you know, how many how many concerts in the Twin Cities we went to at the, you know, we weren't friends at the time growing up, but we both ended up, you know, going to all these things. The Taste of Minnesota actually provided a lot of really fun shows. Judas Priest, White Snake, um, Queens I mean, it's just so many. Uh, I probably saw Cheap Trick seven hundred and thirty times because of the Taste of Minnesota alone. Wow. Uh, no, you know, they, I, I, I definitely. Say, I don't recall ever seeing them there, but. I well, haven't been to all the Taste Minnesotas either. Well, it's only annual. Uh, well, it's not even happening anymore, but what a cool event that turned out to get. And, then get. and at the end there, well, they were charging at the end, but it wasn't much. I think, didn't it was, you get, yeah, like, you had to, coupons? Yeah, you had to buy $10 in food tickets to go to it. Okay. Um, but what happened was it was bought out. It became from a public event, like where basically it was used public money, well, all this it was stuff. struggling. Well, it was still happening, and but it was still happening. Yeah, and the, the private people took it. They moved it to Harriet Island, and they started charging admission. And they used like, well, it is a free event. It just draws this criminal element, and it's like, well, you turn it becoming profiteers on this thing. You turned it into a shitty event because I went to the very first Taste Minnesota I went to is in like 1985. Wow. Now then. You weren't getting bands you've heard of. It was like local. It was like the White Sidewalls or something like that. And the food was the focus. It, it was about like these restaurant tours from around the, the state that would come here and do it. Now at the end there, it was basically just your standard fair food, and not like the state fair where you get like these specialty. We're talking corn dogs, cheese curds, you know, just the basic foot long on a hot, you know, foot long corn dog kind of nonsense. And then they'd have bigger bands. And then, you know, $11 beers. So it just... Uh, well, they had artisans there, too, and stuff. People hawking their wares. Oh, right. Yeah, and it was kind of like a craft fair in, in that sense. But, yeah, a uh, small bit of that. Um, the food was supposed to... The food and the bands were supposed to be the focus, and then the food seemed to slip off, and it was overpriced and small portions. Yeah, mini donuts. But the bands, yeah, Priest and, gosh, so many different bands. You saw John Waite, Sammy Hagar. Uh, who was with John Waite and Sammy Hagar? Oh, uh... Uh, uh, from Foreigner, Lou, Lou. Oh, Lou Graham. Graham, thank you. Yeah. I, I kind of want to say Lou Perlman. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Lou 
Thank you. Uh, now, one of the last years they did it, you know, Brett Michaels was one of the the main headliners. Oh, was it? Oh, I see. And I must have skipped that year. I, I didn't. I didn't go. But here's the story: uh, Brett was selling VIP tickets, but the the site was running it right. So they had this giant VIP section with three people in it, <laughs> and Brett Michaels refused to come out. He's like, we need people in front of the fucking stage, and that was the thing that that changed. It was like they had this like beautiful people area. That was all gated off, and everybody else just sat back. But if you're an artist that doesn't sell a lot of VIP tickets, like Brett Michaels, it looks kind of silly because you're like you're trying to get into the moment with the audience. But there's like a seventy yard gap between the front of the stage and the actual oh my people. God, yes, um, that's why you do that side stage. Yeah, I just yeah exactly. I mean, I don't know the best. Give them a VIP toilet area. Give them access to a quick and easy bar. And then, of course, the three people that bought the VIPs were pissed off because they let everybody in. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Who did he come with, or do you know what the? I don't you know. He was by himself. He wasn't like on a tour. Uh, if he was, he wasn't touring with an opening act. Well, sometimes they'll stack. Well, oh, they up definitely was somebody opening. I have no idea who it was. Oh, it was okay. probably Vixen. That's a possibility. Or Winger, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, Vixen's a Minnesota band, right? No, no. Or was it just members from Minnesota? I have no idea. I, yeah, I, one I, of the gals was from Prior Lake. I forget her name now. Uh, she had a female name. Steve? Steve. That's what it was. Thank you. Jog my memory. All right, well, let's shift gears on this concert thing a little bit. What about shows that you were, like, on the fence of going to? Like, I don't know, got convinced to go and then, like, regretted it. Like, this was not worth, worth my time. Oh boy, that's a good question. But I, nothing comes to the top of my head. I've, uh, I'm usually up for, unless it's country, or especially pop country. Mm. I should say. Uh, let me let me clarify that. Anything that released in the '90s and bro, beyond, bro, country, bro. Yeah, anything like that just doesn't really do much for me. And actually, I find it basically if I can hear it at a gas station or at a, a Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm probably not going to enjoy it. What about if it's at a Texas Roadhouse? Especially if it's at a Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> I should have started with that. Thank you. Boy, you know, I don't know if I've ever been, quote-unquote, dragged to a show. I've I've gone to shows that I'm less than um, interested in. Or there's even some that I'm slightly interested in, but, like, if, if I wasn't for my wife, I probably wouldn't go. Like yeah. Duran Duran. Uh, Depeche Mode. Th- those are a couple artists that I've seen with her, and I've enjoyed myself. And I think I'm become more of a Depeche Mode fan throughout the years of being with her. I just remember there was a song I liked, and I when her and I got together, I said, you know, oh, it came up on a, on a cassette she had. It was a mix a friend of hers made, like all these songs that she liked from the 80s. And there was a Depeche Mode song in there. I'm like, oh, I like that song. And she looked at me, she's like, that's Depeche Mode. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I guess I, I, guess I don't mind some <laughs> Depeche Mode. And then, you know, just okay, And of course, it's, the, it's the wives. Um, but, I, well, I, trust me, I, I can easily not care for stuff she listens to. She listens to a lot of stuff that I just have no time for, and I will not have time for. But, I, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had a bummer show. I've mm. had bummer performances. I've seen Dawkins. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Don, let me let me clarify. That was Don Dawkins led. That was you know this was this was about five or I forget how many years ago now. Roughly five to ten. Was it in the parking lot of uh, Mystic Lake? Oh no, I was going to go with uh, oh Beer Stube or whatever that place is in uh, Oakdale. Oh nope nope. This was a saw Skid, saw Skid Row there the night before it was Dawkins. But oh really? How, yeah. So you saw Skid Row with uh, Johnny Salinger. Okay, I've seen Skid Row with every singer except for their current one. 
Have they been here yet with the current singer? Not to mind. Oh, well, I think at like one of these uh, middle of the state festivals. Oh, okay. Uh, technically, they have been, but no. It, yeah. How about you? Have you ever been to a show that you were dragged, drugged to, or at least went somewhat reluctant to, and then realized you were right? Um, I gotta think that there is, but like you, I put some thought into this, and I'm more like you that like I can have. A pretty good time at almost any concert. Like, my wife has definitely taken me to shows that I don't care to go to. Um, and I've actually kind of copped out of a couple of them. And maybe uh, maybe I should have, like, you know, given it a shot. But, like, uh, you know, I mean, I had fun at a Fallout Boy show, for fuck's sake. Um, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, for the most part, I'm with you. And it is, like, the stuff that she's into that I'm not. Um, and the weird thing is that, like, rarely... Is she like the person to like you know step out even when it's like not her cup of tea? Like uh, you know, I think you and I went to an over. Did, what is it? Yeah. it? Was corrosion of conformity? Oh, the one we went to together. Yeah, yeah. Um, date night. She was like, eh, I don't think I want to. Uh, but for the most part, you know, she was like, oh, I fucking love Y and T. We're going, you know, <laughs> and it turns out she has no idea who Y&T is, but, uh, so no, I'm kind of with you, but you know, that's kind of cool too, though, to have that kind of shared experience, you know, and just get into, go out and, and see live music. Typically, if the band's put, putting a decent effort into it, I'm good with it. Yeah. And sometimes like I've seen, uh, there was a show I went to that I was actually disappointed in the performances overall, but the music was tight, which was Mastodon. Oh, what's the... Why am I blanking on their name now? I can see their record logo, uh, Gojira. And I was... Gojira! I was not impressed with the performances. You might... Why don't we pause for a second since I just dumped my mic? I remember when you did this, I was like, that's a good idea. I want to do that. Yeah, it's good. just got a better grip on the hand. On the chair. This is just the two of us. <laughs> just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Is that Bill Withers? I want to say yes, but I don't know that. For, I can't All say right, that for certainty. Certainty. Oh, to the internet. Gene's on it. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Gene and I. While you're doing that, I'll pull up the actual show notes here because I think I'm at the peak that... Uh, what I remember. Bill Withers. Wow, look at that. Yeah, that was look a good pull. <laughs> yeah. I felt like it was wrong, though. And I'm like, well, who else could I kind of did, too. What the fuck were you? You were in the middle of something. Let's get back to that. Gojira. Gojira. And I forget. Cavellar Tech opened the show. and But unfortunately, I went there with my bass player. And you know bass players, right? I don't have to tell you. They're like uh, dumb drummers. Right. They're, they're like a drummer with a head injury. and But more teeth. Yeah, okay. Usually. Well, it's because they don't do as much math. Right. <laughs> so we're at First Avenue, but we're sitting at the uh, the restaurant next door that's built into it. You know, so mm, they've got the monitors. Fairly up. recently then. Yeah, so you can see the monitors and you can see the performance. But And the, they do wore this weird owl mask and stuff. is kind of neat, but wasn't too worried about seeing that. So they actually played, like, on the screens, the concert in that restaurant. The, yes. the, that fairly new thing that's like a garage. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes. Yeah, it's it's That's kind of a cool. nice little exper- yeah, experience. So like, even if you're not into the first band, you can at least see them and hear them. Uh, though we were had a group going and and we were to end up talking, and then all of a sudden the all of a sudden they're leaving the stage. So it's like okay, well now we got to go and get, actually get into the building so we can see the performance. Right. I was not impressed, 
and but there were people there that were i i saw some of the comments afterwards that were like oh my god that was great musically yes i like to see i don't know people that don't just stare at their shoes and, uh, and i've seen gojira performances since on video or on youtube i should say and it's like well i don't know if they just if it was like a bad night or if i was in a in a certain mood or something or if i expected more but i one thing i will say about that show even though overall i was not impressed I, w- I would not regret going of course however the drummer i spent most of the night just <laughs> watching the drummer was and, his name zoltan uh no i don't remember it's they're french so he's got some sort mm, of french name. that's probably it it's john it's john <laughs> and he was phenomenal i i enjoyed watching him i left that show just very pleased with the performance of the one individual and that turned out to be the drummer and I've had shows where I've connected with drummers. I don't know what it is because I am not a drummer. Hmm. Um, that was one. It, you play it all? Can you? Can you? Can I, you? I dabble. I have a drum set. It's hmm. been a while. Actually, I covered it up just to keep the dust off of it. <laughs> but it's been a while since I pulled hmm. the dust covers off. Actually, I don't think I pulled them on. I think the dust and the cover. cobwebs add to the sound. You think so? Oh, yeah, it's like it's like aging a wine. Oh wow! Shoot, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. Crap! I'm gonna have to go tear those out after we're done. That's here. the excuse I use anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But like one of them was artillery. I was at saw the band Artillery from uh, Denmark. They were at Pavs. You remember Pavs? Have you ever been to Pavs? I'm assuming you have. Yeah, I've played there actually. Okay, yeah. so yes, there, you, you know Pavs. Uh, that was with um, Onslaught, and unfortunately Neil Turbin had to fill in for vocals, which we won't go into that more. But uh, one of my favorite interviews. The, <laughs> the band artillery was he's a walking run on sentence was phenomenal <laughs> but i it was funny because i found just myself, real quick my, my favorite neil turbin uh part is the, the multiple times he goes ah, so uh what was the question uh what were we talking about uh because he anyway <laughs> he kind of wandered god off. bless neil turbin <laughs> yeah so the, and I ended up just watching the drummer i don't know if he noticed that i kept watching him but it seemed like we were kind of making he'd like make faces he getting at erect me. He may have been, I don't know, and he ended up throwing a stick at me. Not um, you know, not at me, but to me. Uh, from the seated position. Josh to me. Right. <laughs> to me. To me. <laughs> I don't know where that voice came from. Uh. But yeah, so I ended up having him sign the stick and I signed a guitar pick and gave him one of my guitar picks and it was kind of fun after after the show. But yeah, a, a great thing. So maybe I'm a I gravitate to drummers when the band is less well no the artillery wasn't less interesting but for some reason maybe the drummer was just more engaging than the rest of the band i'm not sure but that was one that was just a little bit of a letdown again i do not regret going because i enjoy both the bands i enjoy their music but as far as uh performers i felt like it was a mailed in kind of night hmm. and i i'm i wasn't alone because my my bass player was like boy was that boring but i did see <laughs> I did see people. Man, how how hard is it to bore a bass player? That's gonna be one of the hardest people to go. <laughs> well, he was. You're playing the most boring instrument in the world. <laughs> Come on! Wow. Hey, at least drums are fun. Bass could be fun. You never play bass? No, I do all the time. You like when I like, but I make it fun. You know, uh, I actually write bass lines. I don't. Uh, I, but you're not just trying to replicate on let me Bob. let me just to replicate the conversation that most bassists play like I just look at the drummer and find the pocket <laughs> okay I don't know what the fuck that means but just thump away there thumpy is that a quote from Bobby doll is what you're it saying? might as well be yeah uh 
Uh, there's a look. I know there's a, there's there's a wide genre. I mean, I actually have bass players that I I think Paul McCartney and Gene Simmons are the, probably the two of my favorite bass players of all time. Really, but largely because they're guitar players who, because of circumstance, switch to bass. You know what I mean? And I think they that approach it. They approach it in a more musical sense. But so many bass players almost come from that like blues bass background where it's just like just keep it tight. Keep it in the pocket. Follow the drummer. And not only that, my favorite drummers like that I've jammed with have been drummers that follow the guitar, not the bass. Like, like Duffy always wanted more of my guitar because it was rhythm. He's like, I want more rhythm guitar because it helped him keep time. He was not a like, oh, I need the bass. You know what I mean? And Shags is that way too. But well, the and ideally the the drummer's supposed to. Well, he's going to be the, the leader. He's your engine. And so if he's fallen behind, everybody's got right. You have to and I think with hard rock and metal, that's a lot more common than people may, might think. I think with blues, the drummer and bass player do need to kind of lock in because knowing it was a fuck what they're doing anyway. They're just kind of adding that kind of underneath. They got that foundation. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't mean anybody can do it. That but doesn't mean you, there aren't. Yes, you yeah, still have yeah. to be good at your task. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the, the, as much as that sounded like a cheap shot, <laughs> it, it wasn't. And it was. But, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, it's still important, but people aren't paying attention to the bass player going, boom. No. Boom. That's why they, the bass player and drummer look at each other quite a bit when they're in those situations because it's like, <laughs> it's are, you, they're horny. are you awake? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. How about, have you ever gone to a show that you were maybe less than reluctant to or maybe expected less and walked out of there going, what's the first one that just made you go, holy crap, I am so glad I went to this. I, there, there has to be a ton. There's so many shows. I don't know that I expected less, but there's definitely times where a show elevated me um, with the level of endorphins that it, that it would punch into me and in, in, in how I felt leaving it. But a lot of times that's circumstantial. Recently, it was uh, I, I, I broke it all down in, in, in an episode uh, back in December, but seeing the Glorious Suns was, I think, when my first ticket event after COVID – but there was a lot of shit that was going up to that that was kind of negative in my life. And, oh. and I think that enhanced it because I just needed right. it. I um, but there's been so many times. Um, you know what? I'll tell you this. OzFest, I was reluctant to go to my first one because I'm like, I only like, like own CDs by two of the bands. And then I went and I'm like, this is the most amazing thing I'm, I've ever done in my life. And I loved it. And, and every year, and festivals kind of became like a thing for me now to where like even like Warp Fest, which is like even less interesting to me than OzFest, I would have fun at. Uh, but there was so many shows um, that I walked away from going, damn. Um, but typically, I'll tell you this, uh, I have to see a band in a club or, a, or like a large bar to be blown away by the performance alone um i think once you hit that arena size or that large theater or the the theater thing it's difficult to actually it's so big it's just difficult to to really appreciate the the performers as much as the show if that makes any sense i would think that would depend on the performers i think especially a band and it may be uh something that they they gain through experience is being able to mm-hmm. connect to that person up in the nosebleed seats. 
I always thought that was bullshit. I always like when when like uh, like Bruce Dickinson would always classically say, "It's like it's my job to make that person in the back feel like he's right up front." And like I've been in the back. There's literally jack shit you can do other than bring me up front to make me feel like I've been up front. And to support that, I'll tell you this: like uh, Alice Cooper, I saw him open for uh, Motley Crue, and I got to shoot the show. And I don't know that I'd appreciate how good that band is were I not three feet from it. And I'm like, holy fuck, these guys are pros. Uh, and they're just kind of regurgitating almost like a almost like a Broadway play. Oh, you you're know? not talking about crew. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't. It's a rim shot there. Please. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, it was. T- and I've, always, I've never had a problem with Alice, but I became a much bigger fan almost in that moment. Uh, to see him, to see how he carried himself, to see how the rest of his band did, uh, and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, who was the guitar player working with them? They had three: Ryan, Roxy, that always, that girl that that left, um, Nita Strauss. Strauss, and uh, I can't remember the third. Oh, uh, Henriksen, something, something Henriksen. I'm sorry. Uh, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, I don't want to get too deep in this because I think it's going to be on a, on a, on a uh, Cobras on Fire episode, but that. that I, Nita Strauss just left to join Demi Lovato, and like she's getting some heat for that. Um, well, why would you do that? All this stuff. Like, I, if your goal is to have fifty to hundred gigs a year, then I think <laughs> Gene actually wrote down a note down on his notepad a while back. Nita Strauss. Apparently, he wanted to get into it. All right, we're, we're going to get into it then. I, I did want to get your your cheers on this, man. Cheers. cheers. All right, so here's my thoughts, and I've always felt. Uh, first of all. I'm going to admit a certain amount of bias that overcame. I'm going to, I don't know that I knew for sure going into that show that she wasn't Orianthe. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really didn't know who she was. Well, that was, so it was early on, I assume, yeah. then? I was on the Miley Crew Tour, like 2018, whatever. Oh. Wait, no, no. The, the, when was the end? Oh, 2015. Yeah, you were talking. Shit, it's longer ago than I probably want to admit. Uh, it was on their their farewell to the end tour uh, with, with uh, that, but it, that's when you I shot them. To do air quotes with the end. Oh, sorry, the end. Uh, can I do it with like, one hand? Um, sure. And I got to admit, like at first, like I had to to pause and realize my own bias against the idea of a woman playing guitar because it's always been kind of a novelty, which is kind of how I felt about Orianthe. And not too long into sh- to watching her perform and work with the other guys, did I realize. Okay, she's just, she's just good. This is not good for a girl. This kind of you know sexist shit that I got to get over that stuff. That's my own bullshit. Okay, I, I'm not actually saying this. You're owning I'm, it. Yeah, I'm owning it. And then like and like, but it dawned on me. It's like I was actually using that kind of filter. I'm like, no. But at the same time, she's only playing the Alice Cooper music, right? That's all I know her for. And I've seen her. Uh, I think I seen. I think I've seen him once or twice since. And again, just an amazing show. Uh, just all of them are just pros. The drummer Glenn Sobel, let's give him some love. He is probably not appreciated as much as he should be in the in the universe of music. But anyway, I know like I've seen people talk about Nita Strauss on on social media and stuff, and their people are they're guys, they're our age, and it's kind of like this like uh, dog whistle like pervert. It's like the, that idea of like you know. To me, I would. If a guy goes to a strip club, I respect that. If you go to Hooters, I think your wife will get mad if you go to a strip club because Hooters has bad food and they're not naked. Like, there's just something disingenuous about the praise that was heaped upon her. And about two weeks before she quit, Alice Cooper said something that, in hindsight, 
like seems like a guy who realizes he's about to get dumped, but trying to save the fucking relationship. You know what I mean? You don't think he knew then? Well, I, like it's like almost like he kind of knew, but you know, it wasn't official yet. Like, hey, maybe if I like say some really nice things about her in public, she'll stick on. Who knows? All I'm saying is that like part of my theory with with, with her leaving was that like it was it had to be weird being around so many creepy old white dudes who suddenly praise you for really only miming exactly what they've already heard other people play. And like when they said like, oh, the band is going to write the next Cooper record, everybody's like, oh, I am so psyched to see what Nita can bring to this. Why? What what do you have from her career that would make you go, this is going to be good? You know, like, are you psyched? But are they looking for, are they expecting to be good or do they just want to see what she can do with Alice? Well... That that's not what was being said, though. At least in the in the sense of what I'm talking about. I know there's people like my my co-host who have been disappointed with the last couple records by Alice, and the idea that you would bring in a new group of people that maybe spice things up is in, is is why he's enlightened, you know, by it. But he's not specifically calling out Nita and making it about her. He's saying, "I'd like to see what this band can do." It's song right now. I'm always I'm more of the sign like. If you tell me Alice Cooper is getting back together with Bob Ezrin, we have a track record. We know what those two have done in the past. That is a little reason to get excited. But I always think, like, we always overdo that stuff anyway. But I'm getting a little too deep on, on, on this. The point is that, like, I think Nita, look, again, is your goal to be current and hip? Are you trying to do something, like, while you're still a, a creative entity that's more in vain with your age group? Or do you want to play 50 to 100 shows a year? And I think a lot of the diehard Alice Cooper fans are acting like, oh, she, what an idiot for quitting this. It's like, well, you, first of all, we don't know what she's getting paid. Um, I, and look, good point. And I don't, look. And I, she is just a hired gun. Yeah, and she is just a hired gun. And look, she's done it for as long as she did. Fuck it. And now she wants to go, and she's the youngest person in the band probably. Um, so now she's going to go off and do something, you know, a little more current. Now, I don't know. Demi Lovato deciding that she's going to be punk and metal seems like a phase. Yeah. But uh, cash grab, maybe her careers. Let's shift to you. What are your thoughts? At a tipping point. You know, I've, I have to admit, when I first saw that she left the band, I, and I enjoy uh, just the person. I'm not real sure about her. Um, I think she does a, a, fine, a fine job. Like you said, she's kind of doing other people's work. But however, she does it. Professionally, she does a very good job. Yeah, she's damn good. Yes, and I, I did work or listen to her solo stuff. And I thought that doesn't solid. mean she's going to write fucking um, like uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Go. She's not going to suddenly do that record. That just means she's like a lot of my like like the whole studio musicians from Nashville and those those Muscle Shoals guys. They didn't turn out to be great songwriters and performers on their own, but they were the people you needed in the studio. Yeah. The cutting crew, that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, and they were very good at what they do, and, and same with her. The, now, when when it was first announced, I was like, I was kind of bummed. I thought, well, this kind of stinks, but maybe she's got something bigger and better, or whatever. Or maybe there's something going on in her personal life. She already, you know, put it. You know, she just wanted to let everybody know I'm not pregnant, <laughs> and that you know that that shut that talk down right away. And that was smart, I think, of her. Because the way she just shut down her solo, her her own solo yeah. dates, and bowed out of the uh, Alice Cooper stuff, I guarantee you the the Cooper there was more money than her solo dates. Well, definitely. Now, here's a question for you, Baco. If she was a guy, 
What if her leaving the Alice Cooper band been such a big deal, do you think? Absolutely not. There's no chance. And that, to me, goes back to that creepy old white guy with his T-shirt tucked in too tight and, and going, <laughs> man, I really like what you're doing with Alice Cooper. You're, it's like, And again, it's like I don't even know how you take that. Like, I don't know how Tommy Thayer takes it when someone gives him a compliment for sounding just like fucking Ace Freely. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, do you walk away going... I am a fraud, you know, or do you just, you, you, you take it for what it is, I'm sure, is, is, is how you handle that. But. I would hope so. I think, I don't think, I think if it feeds your ego in a, in a grossly, a gross way, then there's something wrong with you. But if you take it for a compliment, like, hey, you were good at mimicking somebody else's work, there's still something you can go, hey, I do, a, I'm good at that part mm-hmm. of my job. Now, if it brings you some sort of, satisfaction overall in your life and your when he goes when he's lying in his deathbed and looking back on his career and going well you know i was not working on my own material i wasn't writing my own songs i wasn't pursuing those interests i was basically collecting a paycheck but i had fun doing it will there be any sort of thing where he feels bad about it the the reality is especially in this day and age he could do both um yeah it's more accepted and let's take him as a person because this is sound like i'm just shitting on kiss again um but there's plenty of people in that position that are doing things of that nature bruce kulik's in it with uh grand funk right now yes the added the reality is that like if you were personally driven to be a creative person you probably wouldn't commit this much time in your life to be in this and the reality that that's okay people can some guys are just really good musicians and they want to make a living at it. There's there's no crime in that. Some people Absolutely. some people want to be the man though. They want to be the artist. They want to be the the, the you know the, the entity that creates the product. Um and so it, it's just it, it's how you're built. So my guess is that Tommy Thayer isn't a guy who's built to actually sit around and write a lot of songs. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Uh, but I don't know him personally. Now when Orianthi left the band, do you think there was? I don't remember there being such a big deal about it. I, I, like I said, I didn't even know she really. I wasn't even sure that I knew that she left the band. I wasn't the biggest Cooper follower, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with my, you. My wife actually brought me into Alice Cooper. I, and to to shift this to a more positive note, I'll tell you, as Kiss becomes more and more embarrassing. I've become a much bigger Cooper fan over the years, and, and I appreciate even his more fringy kind of stuff. Uh, and, and also the, the show. I mean, Elsie uh, uh, has been a big fan. Um, we had Joey Haney from Rock Strikes 10 on, and we did like a three-part series on Cooper. All that stuff kind of contributed to Decibel Geek. Uh, I know uh, they've done a bunch of Alice Cooper stuff, and Chris is a huge Alice Cooper fan. So all that stuff is kind of to, to back to your point earlier that like podcasting is kind of like brought in different kinds of stuff. Alice Cooper is definitely a band that I or an artist that I'm more into probably because of podcasting. I have to give my wife a lot of credit though; she was she was a big fan before I started podcasting nice. uh, and so um, uh, I don't want to I don't want her to hear this and think that I, I, I skipped that influence either but. yeah and for me Alice is one of those he is such a what's the word I'm looking for here he's just such oh. a part of the the whole of Fabric. American music yes that I I appreciate him more in that situation than I do the actual music for me um, well he played Taste of Minnesota yeah, I put my. Uh, no, I didn't see him there. I saw I put, him at the uh, Iowa State Fair. That was the first time I saw him. Or the, actually, maybe the only time. My stepdaughter was so young that I was able to hold her on my shoulders while he did the guillotine act. 
Where where was that at Harriet Island? It was at Harriet Island, oh, yeah. Okay. Damn it, I shouldn't have missed that. I'm starting to realize the influence I've had on my stepdaughter. <laughs> She's very metal and not. She's metal and not religious. I think she may have got that from me because her dad is neither. Uh oh! All right on, on, yeah. Now we got some sound effects. Yeah. Sun's out, Mike's out, horns out. Oh God! I want to make (laughs) sure. And I don't. I do honestly do not remember uh, there being a big deal. I remember they brought in Nita in, and I remember thinking, well, that's interesting. They're bringing the gal from the Iron Maidens, was it? (laughs) What, do we have some kind of party going on? Yeah, wow. Everybody's horny. Does somebody notice we're recording? Yeah, we're not the only two guys that are horny right now. Yeah, hey, are those those famous You know what it is? We're podcasting, making just everybody horny by osmosis. Yes. A lot of sex appeal on this porch right now. Okay, thank you for A lot of man candy. (laughs) Wow. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, because of her exposure and her being a talented guitar player, it was sad to see her go. But also, you know, she's kind of running the same circuit. Other than, yes, they have new newer songs that that were released in her tenure in the band. Is it maybe less satisfying? But here she is again playing guitar for somebody else's music. Yeah, it, and, and a really... Broader audience. It's it could, a different audience. It for could sure. be, but to me, this is a lot like Nuno playing for Rihanna. You know what I mean? It just uh, is a better gig. I, if, well, it's it's a different experience, a different opportunity. Do you do you think if uh, Demi Lovato called you, Jason Bakken, Baco, hmm. would you take the job? So how about we we broaden that? I have to choose between jo- joining Cooper or joining De- Demi Lovato's. Like I'm going to hire Nita Strauss uh, unless you want the gig. Uh, and just so you know, if Nita takes a gig, uh, Alice is happy to have you take her. So so I have to choose between those two. I'd probably do the Cooper thing at this stage of my life. Um, but uh, yeah, of course, if, if Demi Lovato said I need a guitar player, you're the guy. I'd I'd be up there at this again. I don't know that I would do it when I was thirty. I would do it when I was fifty. I was like, why the fuck not? What the fuck else am I doing? Uh, I I'm gonna be joining a tour where I don't have to do anything but show up. You know what I mean? Uh, you gotta learn the songs. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Though I don't have to like pack stuff, pack my gear, and you're not roadie slash putting it in my trunk. You don't have to worry about scheduling airfare and all that stuff. Exactly. You just show up and they say, go this direction, go that direction, get on this plane. So why not? Yeah. Connect uh, this flight. Yeah, all that stuff. Well, how about this? Uh, who, who's uh, who's higher in your spank bank, Nita or uh, um, Demi? You know, I'm not real familiar with Demi. I think she used to look better back in the old days. Mm. Now she's got that you know shorter haircut. I would definitely say Nita. I'm going Demi. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I get that uh, why people are attracted to uh, to Nita, uh, but there's just I don't. My personal take is that like, well, she's not that hot, uh, and not, not that Demi is. Neither one of them actually do it for me, if I'm being honest. But really? uh, if I got yeah, like I got I got to dig pretty deep to get to either one of them. <laughs> All right. So now you're now you you've you've chosen Demi Lovato. Between her and Josh Toomey, mm. who would you rather bang? Toomey. 
Yeah. I had a feeling. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I am attracted to Nithya. I, I will not uh, shy away from that. I think she is a very attractive. Did you know she's a Seahawks fan? I'm not going to hold that against her. Hmm. I've got other things to hold against her, but <laughs> I, I, I won't hold her Seahawk fandom against her. And I know she does. Uh, she performs at, uh, was it Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Rams? Oh, so she's a poser. She is, yeah. yes. But, okay. you know, I, 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 she seems like a very cool person. And plus, with her being a guitar player, she could, I guarantee you she could show me a thing or two. On guitar, I mean. <laughs> I'll show her a thing or two in the bedroom. She'll show me a thing oh, or two. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh, no, she's uh, she's definitely uh, a skilled guitarist. Uh, I don't I, I, I don't know much from the um, artistic end what to say about her. I just don't know. So, yeah, I I, I can't speak much to that, but I, I definitely can appreciate what she does in the current line of work that she is involved in. We may have to pause. I might have to take a bathroom break after that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need to take a bathroom break for the same reason. I'll tell you what. Any uh, <laughs> more thoughts on Nita and Alice Cooper? Well, no. And I was. I'm a little bit bummed that she did bail out of you know our music scene, so to speak. But it's also a new well. Demi just dropped the, the whole new metal punk thing. So well, I haven't listened to it. And I don't it's not good. It. It's it's horrible. I figured it might be. Yeah. I suppose I should sample it just to do my due diligence. But my instincts are that it's not worth my time, and I should fight my instincts and at least give it a shot. But I have a feeling I know I'm right. Yeah. Well, well, what's two minutes? I mean, just right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but. It's a I new mean, think of how many times you could have sex in two minutes. <laughs> oh, at least four. You know, if you pace things out right. I mean, <clears throat> well, Gene, why don't we get to the game? I have a special guest this week. Uh, you you managed to win last week on on the twelfth <laughs> the twelfth clue of twelve total clues. You beat Andy Shaw, but I think the weird thing is that like, Andy went, "God damn it!" before you said, "Yes, I know you got it." So technically, I think I th- we were both disgusted. I think I think there's a chance. That Andy, had he been like a little more attentive, would have actually won the game. But today, uh, to, uh, competing against you, uh, so to challenge you to your undefeated, uh, if not more of a technical win, uh, is uh, from the Talk Two Week podcast. We have Chris Aiken with us here today. Chris, thank you for joining the show. Man, I hate everybody and I hate everything. I'm angry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds like the Chris I know. That, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you sound great, Chris. <laughs> uh, Don Dawkins. Uh, <laughs> so Josh, I write books and I was burnt up. Um, Josh yeah. Toomey joining the program. Uh, oh, hey, uh, I got a quick uh, news thing to hit you with. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Damage Plan just announced that they are reuniting. I, I mean, I'm down for that, too. Let's bring it all on. <laughs> and also, uh, Re- uh, um, Rebel Meets Rebel is also uh, reuniting. Rex Brown and uh, David Allen Coe have decided to go on a reunion tour. So, Actually, Rex wasn't involved in that project. Yeah, he was. Was he? Oh, was it a studio to thing? Me. Okay, I could be wrong. Did he freeze? We might have to go to phone. Well, yeah, there we are. Okay. All right. How's your signal there? I was going to say, because I'm, I got full bars. Your mom's full bars. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm good. I got all all my bars. Okay. Uh, my hey, bars. Well, hey, clear it up for us then. Uh, uh, Rex Brown was part of Rebel Meets Rebel, yes or no? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I stand corrected. Suck it, Gene. 
I will suck it. Yeah. <laughs> Consider it sucked. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, you've played the game before, Gene. Uh, uh, Josh, do you have any questions about the rules? Uh, the only one I, I need to be clarified on is if it's uh, – is it we go back and forth with the – uh, clues, or is it just a, a smorgasbord of clues? It's a smorgasbord of clues, um, and you can answer at any time. If you get an answer wrong, uh, Gene would then get to get a, a free guess, plus he gets the next clue uh, right. as, a, as a guess. Um, okay. I have a question. Animal, animal vegetable, or mineral? It's going to be mineral, of course. Um, Sweet. My, my strong suit. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for this. Let's get into it. Uh, this is uh, the second time we've ever done this on Sons on Mike's Out. This is Random Rocker of the Week. I don't know why I keep saying the week, because this is not a weekly show. Uh, the, this week's Random Rocker, whatever. Random <laughs> Rocker. Clue number one, gentlemen. Clue number one. Born March 2nd, 1962. Born March 2nd, 1962. Okay. This random rocker's parents met in the Marines. They met in the Marines. What's the singer of the Real name? Steve. Is it Steve? Is that an official guess? That is an official guess. <laughs> You're going to go for it. It is not Steve. Shit. Uh, and I don't know that that's even the name of the guy. But uh, All right, so Toomey, you, uh, you can guess now or you can get one more clue. What do you want? Do you remember where we're at on that? I do. No, All right, I came back in the house. You guys caught me playing piano now. Okay, so seriously. Nice. You're pretty good on the organ. Yeah, you know. All right, Mom. Um, Did you hear his I official guess? Uh no, I didn't. The last thing I heard was the uh, the parents were met in the Marines. Okay, so he guessed Steve. Uh, he he doubled okay. down and said that's his official guess. So you get a free guess okay. plus the next clue. I'll just give you the next clue, and you, you can tell me if you want to make a guess or not. Um, okay, go ahead. This random rocker's dad was... Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Doesn't he get a free guess based on the last clue, and then he gets the next clue? Right, so you might as Yeah. So that's based on then the Navy, and then now well, but yeah. then he gets the next crew. Okay, do you want to guess now, and then I'll ask you the next... I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't have a guess, so I want the next clue. Okay, the next clue is the, this well, random rock... entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> this random rocker's dad was a barber. Hmm, that's a big help, huh? Born in 1962, parents met in the Navy. Navy, and his dad cut and hair. His dad cut hair. His dad, his dad cut hair. That would be my free guess is going to be CC Deville. That is incorrect. But uh, oh. all right, so we're moving on. Um, everything's even now. Uh, clue number four: This random rocker's mom was a Playboy bunny. Okay. Dad cut hair. Folks Dad met in the hair. Marines. Mom was a Playboy bunny, and he was born March second, nineteen sixty-two. Okay. Next clue. All right. Clue number five. This random rocker appears on the Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. 
featured on the song R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Right now, Randy Brown is at home going, I know who this is. What is wrong with these idiots? (laughs) I'm actually glad. Or or Chris Sinzak is is doing that. I don't know. (laughs) You ready for clue number six, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. This, This might be my favorite clue. This random rocker's cousin played the role of Esposito on the TV show Welcome Back, Cotter. John Travolta's a big break. Esposito, for those who remember that show. I do remember that show. Josh, you probably don't, I'm assuming. I watched it in reruns. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. I'm sure you guys, watched it. you guys watched it first run. I get it. We were there um, taping. <laughs> Still no guess for me. Jesus. All right. All right, we'll get Are to you it. trying to make us get to how many questions is there? There's 12 total clues. 12 clues. Jesus. 12 clues. You should have just called this 12th clue guess. Okay. Well, I think it's starting to get just a little bit easier here with clue number seven. Oh, in t- in 2000, so that he would have been 37, 38 years old when this happened. 2000, People Magazine awarded him the title of Sexiest Rock Star. Sexiest 38 year old rock star in 2000. I'll give you a guess. All right. I'm going to go Slash. Oh, I like that guess, but unfortunately that is not the correct guess. Nice. Uh, All right, well, there you go, Gene Vogel. Gene, you get a guess now, and you get one more hint if you want. Well, either way, you get one more hint. I was going to say, do I get get a guess, a free guess? You you can do two guesses, basically. Lenny Kravitz. Not Lenny Kravitz. I didn't think he was that old, but I wasn't sure. All right, so before Josh can guess, this next clue is all yours. Uh, This Random Rockers band, the band he's in, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. Sexiest rock star in 2000. 18 years later, his band is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sinzak has just ripped off his shirt and ran into his yard. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm sure we did an episode about these this band a couple of years ago. Mm, sounds like Toomey might have a guess here. Uh, you, but he's uh, challenging to get it right here. <sighs> and I'm yeah, I'm sure it's one of those two that as soon as it's as soon as it comes to light, I'll be like, oh yeah, how did I not get it? 2018, <laughs> you said, huh? Yeah. I barely remember yesterday, let alone 2018. You sound like Stephen Michael. <laughs> barely. Uh, I can't do it like you can. <laughs> I don't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out. I, I, I can't even. Nothing, huh? No. I, I, to me? I'm letting you down. I apologize. Yeah, nothing still. All right. Let's go on to uh, clue number nine. Some of this random rocker's acting appearances include Sex in the City, The West Wing, as well as the role of a plumber on Ally McBeal. He played a plumber on Ally McBeal. Hmm. 
What are you doing? Wow. Oh, looks no, no, looks no, like no. you're trying to cheat. Uh, no, I was trying to remember a name. But I was thinking about the math on the age, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's right. And then Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh boy, I don't think. No, no, I can't. That, that's the thing is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they, either they let in the the uh, the people that shouldn't really necessarily be there, or they let people who they should have let in when they first opened the doors, like Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm gonna take a guess. Okay. God damn it. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, not your guess, sorry. That is not my guess. I just don't know if I want to waste a guess and give give to me the next one. Because the clues are going to get better. I'm not going to say easier, better, because these clues suck. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a great clues. Oh, my goodness. This mom was... Oh, see, the, uh, damn it. There's so much... Information here. If I had you want me to run down it, like real no, quick. No, no, okay, no. Okay. You're, you're you're okay on there. I'm just not sure if I'm willing to make the guess, but damn it, I'm tempted to. You know what? Fuck it. For the sake of sportsmanship and and to move the game along, I'm going to do it. And it shouldn't be, but I'm going to guess it just in case because I could be wrong. Rick Springfield. <laughs> no. Okay, good. Uh, I didn't think so, but I thought... Is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's the thing, is I don't think he should be, and I don't think he is, but it's the Rock and Hall of Fame, man. People that are in there that that shouldn't be in there. Rick Springfield being one of those. Okay, fair enough. That that argument probably actually fits this person. Uh, I'll give Gene Gene that that's who I was thinking, too. But I was like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame (laughs) threw me off. Yes, me too. Do you have a guess before the the next clue, which is all yours, too? It's a free one, man. Um. No, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. All right. Well, clue number ten. Then in 2012, he ranked number 50 on the list of Billboard magazine's Power 100. So this is 2012. Uh, the most powerful people in music business. So in 2012, he was listed as number 50 on the most 100. Most powerful people in the music in 2018 in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and 2000 at the age of 38 was awarded the sexiest rock star. So there's some kind of timeline to help kind of shape things out. Can I ask a question to help Toomey with his guess if he's going to make one here? You throw it out there. Is this anybody we've actually heard of? <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely have heard of this person. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. 38-year-old sexy rock star. Like, that makes no sense. In 2000. Um, Right. It's People Magazine, though, too, so it's, like, sexy for, you know, people who are older than 38. Yeah, and read People Magazine. Or write it, even. (laughs) I'm normally good at this stuff, man. This is is getting me with all the, the acting credits and the... Sexiest man alive nonsense. and I'll give you guys both oh. one hint on the acting credit thing. Like, I could have picked more obvious roles. <clears throat> right. Okay. <clears throat> but that's not much of a hint. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. All right. So um, now we're at the point where things get pretty, I think... <laughs> There's a good. Ch- there's only two clues left. So, right before you you, you do anything at this point, uh, say your name and whoever says it first, if they get it, uh, they go first. All right. 
Clue number 11 is New Jersey. Gene. Me. Uh, Gene came in. What do you got, Gene? John Bon Jovi. Yes, it is. It is nice. John Bon Jovi. Uh, I didn't think it would be Bruce Springsteen with those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, his mom was in Playboy? Yeah, so let's run Did you down the, that up. Wait, no, don't bury the lead. Not in Playboy. <laughs> she, she was a Playboy bunny. Oh. Uh, she worked at like one of the Playboy. Oh, so I could uh, get to see uh, her good bits. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's out there somewhere. I didn't get dig that deep. I did uh, double verify everything this week. I didn't do that last time. So uh, I trusted Wikipedia 100%. But, okay. So, born March the 2nd, 1962. His parents met in the Marines. His dad was a barber. His mom was a Playboy bunny. Uh, he apparently is on the Christmas in the Stars, Star Wars Christmas record, singing R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. I really want to know what he does on that. I have to track that down. Um, his cousin was S. He all has a much more uh, another cousin, uh, Tony Bon Jovi, was a producer that basically got him into music. But I was surprised to find out that Isn't it Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. But I was surprised. Yeah. To why find, didn't you say his name? Yeah, you know, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even say the name of his cousin. I said he played the role of Esposito. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, 2,000 people named him the sexiest rock star, which still seems odd to me. Uh, in 2,000, In yeah. 2,000. Don't play in the game, yeah. Must have uh, been a dry year. Yeah. <laughs> and again, People Magazine. And then, of course, the Hall of Fame in 2018. And, yeah, he's been in big, he's had bigger roles than his uh, bits than on the TV shows I mentioned. Uh, 2012, whatever, 50 of the, even that, was he really one of the the most most powerful people in music in 2012? That seems kind of odd. A dry year. A dry year. And, of course, New Jersey. The last clue that I didn't say was uh, the band, his band broke into the mainstream with the record Slippery When Wet. I think uh, that would have also made it pretty clear, but... Well, yeah, because it took us to, for Angus Young, it took us to the last clue. Hey, you got it at number 11 this time, so you're not, not yes. <laughs> you're undefeated, Gene. Improving my score here, I got it an 11 out of 12, Jesus. Yeah, you're digging deep for those clues, man. Holy crap. Uh, but that's right. good, because unless you're like a Bon Jovi, like, crotch sniffer, some of that stuff, or, you know, Kiss, Which is why I thought Toomey would get us in two clues. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you were definitely slanting this towards freaking Toomey, man. I, I tried to set him up. I don't up. appreciate it, but I still took the victory. So, <laughs> well, Josh, uh, thanks for coming on. Why don't you give us your quick thoughts on the whole Pantera reunion? I know you've got you got your own show. People can go check it out. The latest episode of Talk to Me. You and Chris kind of break it down. Chris is very, very. Not cool with it, but not to the point that he won't pay $500 to go see it. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, well, what about you? Uh, yeah, look, I, I have listened to the episode, but share with our listeners. Uh, well, what's the uh, the uh, To Me For Dummies version of Pantera reuniting with basically, well, the two guys that aren't able to reunite? Um, the... the when, when we recorded the episode, it was, uh, right, when... Um, we recorded the episode. It was like fifteen, like the, it, the right. news had dropped like fifteen minutes prior. Like Chris didn't even know what happened. Like I, I he he basically gets sideswiped with uh, you know what we were going to talk about. So I think we both softened on it over the last few days. Um, and and then he was even you know give me Zach Wild, give me Charlie Benante, and I'm all in. And then they did. So um, I think I'm all for it. You know, I'm just like 
I, I was arguing with like somebody online today about it, and, and there, you know, how many how many bands out there right now are like are like you know the uh, the guitar player and the and the drummer or this that and the other thing sure. like two members of the original band, and you know you guys are all supporting Kiss and Judas Priest and all these bands that are shells of what they once were, but then like for some reason Pantera is like the one band you can't. Like, oh, there's no way you can't do it, sacrilege, and all this other nonsense. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm staring into it, man. I'm gonna be there front row, fucking having a great time. Let's have, let's have fun with it, everybody. I, I, I don't think it's sacrilege. I don't think it's probably a big secret where I stand on the thing. But to me, it's, it's like, who are you talking to? It's like that, that they're celebrating other bands doing this, but not Pantera. I don't know that that's typically the case, but I will say this. If people are okay with this, why don't you check? I'll go the other way. Where have your thoughts been on other stuff, like this kind of thing? Um, yeah. Now, with Zach, his name basically was thrown out before uh, Dime was in the ground. I, I, I've heard that forever. <laughs> you know, right. um, Charlie, to me, actually, as a drummer, seems like the perfect guy. Uh, but when, you, when was the last time Charlie started and ended a tour and played every show? Uh, the last right. three times I've seen Anthrax, he's he's missed of oh well, he hasn't been at, at any of the shows I've seen the last three, but he has missed big big chunks of uh, every tour for yeah. for some for some time because of you know whatever tendonitis in his knee or or ankle or whatever. They had a family thing too. Uh, some a family member died. Yeah, and uh, but I brought it up with in my interview with him. And he even kind of talked about that. That's just something that he's going to have to deal with basically for the rest of his life. There isn't any overcoming that. So to me, that's the reason to have some trepidation of bringing him in. Is that like if I, there, there's no recent track record to suggest that he can actually do the whole tour? But how big is the tour going to be? See that drum wise, though, I think he fits a Vinny as good as anybody that I can think of. I've never been the biggest Charlie Benante fan, so I was kind of like, eh, "All right, that's cool. As long as it's not like Paul Bostoff, I'm fine with it." Yeah. <laughs> give me pretty much, give me pretty much anybody but him. What's wrong with Paul? Yeah, come on. You guys have ears. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I've just never, just never been a big Paul Bostoff fan. But, uh, but yeah, I've never been a so. big fan either. But he's a fine drummer. I don't know. Um, right. uh, but but I the think guitar uh, player is going to have the hardest job in the whole freaking situation. Right, you got but they, 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 giving him, giving him Zach though. I think Zach is the like the one dude that yeah. kind of gets the pass. You know, kind of gets the automatic. Like everything's going to be fine. He checks every box. You know, what I mean, yeah. he, obviously you can't have dime, um, and, but he has the ability. Also, kind of like uh, the relationship to the music, big enough of a personality that can pull it off while also being respectful to, like, almost everybody would respect the fact that he was doing it, even if you yeah. didn't want Pantera to go this, you know, this way. Um, but it is a weird situation because, unlike a lot of the the, the bands you mentioned, we're dealing with a. Si- there's two guys that aren't even uh, available to be in the reunion. I was hoping it's going to be Nita Strauss. Hmm. <laughs> well, she would be one uh, B. Uh, uh, Zach is one A, and Need is one B. So. Okay, she was on deck. If Zach couldn't do it, is what you're saying? Yeah, in yeah. your mind, she's actually going to play drums if Charlie steps out. So. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can get John Deddy. All right. Well, I don't know. Everybody knows how to fucking find your your your, your show, Josh. Uh, do you have any plugs you want to make? Uh, no. All right. Well. uh <laughs> 
Uh, thanks for joining the, the show um, uh, and uh, letting Gene win again. I think you, uh, I think you, you clearly uh, cheated and, and just let him have the the victory. So I appreciate it. Well, I think if I didn't have the internet lag, I would have said me first. I think I'm gonna have to go back to the tape and see who's oh. because I said I said I said I, I was saying my name as Gene said his name, so we might need to go and like check the. Uh, but I was gonna say little Stevie, so. Mm. <laughs> also would have been true. Uh, it turned out right. they they all every clue was exactly the same. Oh god! All right, buddy, I appreciate you giving your time to this, and uh, thanks for being part of uh, Suns Out Mike's Out. Uh, we're gonna get we're actually gonna step aside and play some music. Uh, any parting shots for us? Uh, you may grab my bass or or what? Like how are we gonna do this? <laughs> <laughs> I needed you to grab your bass when I was doing that God of Thunder cover. You son of a bitch. Oh, well, phone's breaking up again, man. I gotta go. <laughs> Battery. Uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Have a good day. All right, man. See you. Bye, Gene. See you, man. Take care. All right. One, two, three, four. Why you wanna tell me how to live my life? you to tell me if it's black or white Mama, can you hear me try to understand Is the innocence the difference between a boy and a man My daddy lived a lie, that's the price he paid Sacrifice his life, just slave it away oh, If there's one thing I hang on to That gets me through the night I ain't gonna do what I don't want to I'm gonna live my life shining like a diamond Rolling with the dice, standing on the ledge Show the wind out of fire when the world gets in my face I say, have a nice day Have a nice day Take a look around you, nothing's what it seems Living in the broken home of hopes and dreams let me be the first to shake a helping hand Anybody brave enough to take a stand I knocked on every door and every dead end street Looking for forgiveness, what's it to believe? Oh, if there's one thing I hang on to That gets me through the night I ain't gonna do what I don't want to I'm gonna live my life shining like a diamond Rolling with the dice, standing on the ledge Show the wind out of fire, the world gets in my face I say, sun's out, Mike's out, season two Thank you so much, one, two, three, four Oh, if there's one thing I hang on to That gets me through the night I ain't gonna do what I don't want to I'm gonna live my life shining like a diamond Rolling with the dice, standing on the ledge Show the wind out of fire And when the world gets in my face I say, have a nice day I didn't think about that Now I can kind of set up to kind of kick back You know, I don't have the the, the, the axe The axe the, I'm a six-string uh, what, is, what does John Bon Jovi say? Um... On a steel horse I ride, 
That's not really anything to do with uh, the six strings. I thought he had a six, six string on his back. A loaded, a loaded six string on the back of Mr. Jovi. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 